to full energy From bed right here cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Look on top of the day, couple guests too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own island It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the shell side, with the shell side With the shell side, what we see With the shell side, with the shell side Now it's a new London thing Yo 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 I, I 100% wholeheartedly agree. So I'm going to go again. Yo, 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 Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Episode 103. Kwabna, how you doing? Bro, I'm good, you know. Gassed? I'm good. I'm good. Like, you know, I, I never get too gassed, but I'm good because this game, like, I was, I was shook. I was shook because there's a lot of pressure a lot of things were like there's a lot of permutations that were made riding on this game and I'm young enough oh young enough and old enough I guess same time to remember being scarred so many times when I needed the boys to turn up and so I'm not gonna lie I don't know any Tottenham fan who looks forward to North London derbies and this is no different and it was being billed as one of the most important in years which is absolutely correct and after the first like ten minutes, I was like, ah, oh, don't know how this, don't know how this is going, man. I don't know how this is going, and it settled down, and eventually we came away three no winners. That's a big, it's a big victory. I can't lie, I wanted five. I did want five. I should have just been content with my three, but I wanted five. I wanted them to be completely humiliated, demoralized, to go back down to sisters' road. Feeling like absolute losers. That's what I wanted. But, um, yeah, got the win, man. That's what we need to do. Can't have them securing Champions League at our stadium. Do you know what I mean? Do they think that, yeah. do they think that they're us going to Man City? No, 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 no. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. So, um, yeah, very happy with that result, man. How are you feeling? Yeah, I think I lost my voice a little bit. Um, feeling good. Feeling good. I wasn't so um, like you. I mean, North London derbies do kind of concern me most of the time and I wasn't sure about this one but what I was sure about or what gave me confidence was that I didn't believe this Arsenal side could sit back and be compact knowing that a draw would probably be good enough for them um, obviously a win would seal the deal but I think a draw keeping us at bay four points away going into the last game of the season would probably have been enough but I didn't think they were the type of side that could actually do that if they game plan to do that. So I knew that they would be open enough and I always was, I was always confident that we could potentially hit them on the counter because that's what we do well, exploiting space in behind with Son, um, Pace and Kane's execution of a pass. So I thought, yeah, if we can keep it tight or get an early goal, then that would work for us. So 
it kind of went to plan, I would say. But I'm like you. I did want five. But there was a girl next to me with her dad, I think, and she had um, – I don't know if it was her first time there, but she certainly doesn't sit there every week. And there was a lot of new faces around me, actually, uh, this week. I think a lot of people sold up their tickets to earn a coin because this was actually the first North London derby in the new stadium proper, right? So I think we've had three. I think we've had the 2-1, was it, uh, Toby Header? Yeah, um, yeah, no fan. yeah, that was 2-1. We had the 2-0 two two with Son of Son and Kane. Yeah, 2,000 fans. And then this one was the first proper one. Obviously, they ran. They knew why they were running. They ran before, blamed it on COVID. Um, and this was the proper, proper, proper one. So anyway, go back to that girl. She was there. And even at 2-0 and 10 men, I was like, I could see she was on her social snapping and post. I was like, don't post. Not yet. Don't do it. Then when the third goal went in, in the second half, I was like, no, you can post. <laughs> it's, it's not all right. <laughs> yeah, not that you're allowed, you know. Just don't jinx yourself. No, of I course, said, I'm bro. Old enough. Of course, this is what I'm yeah. saying. Like some of these, some of these young fans, they're unburdened by some of the <laughs> traumatizing experiences that we've had. So they go into these things. They can, they can move a little bit calmer. Like I'm like, I don't even want to. I do like at ninety at ninety minutes. I'm still like, oh. Oh, wait. Yeah. Like, the thing listen, is, like, but I want I also desperately wanted that clean sheet. I definitely wanted it. Like yeah. the confidence that I had that and also how for how much the defence has improved without changing the personnel significantly. Like and also with Romero being out, I wanted those guys to know that they could do it without Romero. Yeah, I hear that. I definitely hear that. And I was going to touch on one thing before we get back to that. The the fact that they're unburdened, those kids, they, they haven't been there when you've been 3 nil up against Manchester United at home, only to lose 5-3 in the second half. Or being 3 nil up against Man City. And this is not Man City, Pep's Man City, or even Mancini's Man City. It's like the City. worst version of Man City. <laughs> it was the worst version of Man City. And they were down to 10 men. And they came back to win 4-3. So we're old enough to remember those things. Yes, it wasn't the scummy boys, but it was defeats at home when being 3-0 up. So in football anyway, in sports, oh, forget that. West Ham, 3-0 up, 10 minutes to go. Yeah. Right? They get a free-all draw. So these things can happen, especially when it means so much, especially when it could mean Champions League. It could also mean North London supremacy again. It could also mean that that stupid day that they named whatever they named it doesn't happen again for another season it could mean the difference between Conte having I don't know 30 million to spend and then having 70 million to spend it it could mean a lot of things Kane staying Kane going although I think he's staying so it was very very important and like you touched on the defense which I was going to try and look up because I'm sure when we lost to Arsenal 3-1 and um, got absolutely mullered and we're all over the place, Sanchez was playing, right? Yeah. Dyer was playing. Davies was playing. Uh, I don't think Romero was playing. Um, but who else was playing? I don't know who was right back on the day. I can't even think. I'll look it up. But... Like you say, not much change. And even when there are changes, i.e. Like Sanchez coming in, uh, Romero or Doherty, Reguillon or Cesc, 
the system remains the same, right? Mm. The, everything seems to work in the way it's supposed to work. And my daughter was sitting next to me and she was like, oh, Daya, would she say she's, he's had the glow up, as they say. Yeah. He's had the biggest glow up. And I thought, what, she likes his haircut? She's like, no, I don't have to say Daya's name all the time and moan about Daya. And I said, he's made a couple of mistakes. She's gone, yeah, but nowhere near what he's made before. Asshole. And I'm just like, Asshole. yeah. And it's because the system suits him. The system suits Davies. Davies actually had a moment where he reverted back to the Davies of old, losing a 90-10 um, race where he was ahead of, I think it was then Ketier, but ended up getting a yellow card. Saka. So it was a Saka. Yeah, yeah. So Saka. Um, and he ended up getting a yellow card. Think, and that's you think Davies all, you think all boys look the same. It's disgusting. From, from that distance, without my glasses, mate, um, <laughs> they do. Uh, <laughs> but my point was that that was him out of his comfort zone, slightly out of position, with no communication, right? Not on a string. Now, with Dyer, Davies, and typically Romero, but Sanchez coming in there, typically on a string, knowing their spaces, knowing what's behind them, knowing they've got Hoybier and Bentecourt in front of them, knowing the fullbacks know what they're doing, whoever, which two of the four are playing. It breeds confidence, right? It breeds understanding. It breeds the ability to bomb forward, knowing that your midfielder, Hoybier, would just tuck into the right-hand side or Bentecourt on the left-hand side. So you're right, the clean sheet. And Loris, it, it was probably Loris's least... Um, that's the wrong wording. I think Luis had to do the least amount of work in this derby that I think he's had to do in any other North London derby. Yeah, I can't remember yeah, a derby where calm. he was comfortable. He also he came out for the ball. He came out for the ball so confidently, so assuredly yes. on so many situations, and it's not like it's not like they had like a big centre back, uh, not a big centre back, a big striker taken off, right? So he knew that he could capitalise on, you know, size, and Ketty is not the, the biggest, right? He knew he could capitalise on size, and every single time he came out for a ball, he seemed really assured, he seemed really commanding in his area, and there were times where even there was a little bit of, like, gamemanship, right? So when there were times where he got the ball, and it looked like he was looking to release quickly, and, like, Dyer yeah. would, like, would, like, nudge him to be like, like no, no, calm down. Let's like remain in control of this. Do you see what I mean? And it was good to see. It it was it was definitely good to see. I was calling for him to come out because I know how um, many headers headed goals they've scored. And unlike the most recent scummy side, I know back in the day you used to score more. But Gabriel and Holden got one the other day, didn't he? And yeah, they have been a threat, and Gabriel's always a threat from set pieces. And I was hoping Loris would come out and close down that space and command that area, um, and and he did. He kind of spilled one, but then managed to recover um, on it, and largely, largely commanding. I think it was that you're going to tell me Saka, but Enketia curling effort and the other guard shot, which was right at him. And I think there was another shot right at him. But I think that was it. I don't think he had to do much. Um, so I think it was really good. And I think what made it so good was, as I touched on, this was the first North London derby at the new stadium with a full capacity. And boy, did we know it. It was absolutely buzzing 
in there. And I mean, it was that old North London atmosphere in on Derby Day, but with a little bit of sauce, mm. oozing a little bit more sauce. I don't know if you guys picked that up um, on TV, but it was absolutely loud as you expected that stadium to get. And it was louder more so than the Man City Champions League game and the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. I think it was. I think it were, it's crazy because when you are when you're watching, like and you hear the atmosphere, you get the vibe that you're that's coming through the screen. It's like they also the commentators are talking a lot about the atmosphere, right? They were talking about how really? yeah, they were talking about how it's the best that they've they've heard it. Um, not only at the stadium, but actually one of the best atmospheres that they've seen all season, like they've heard all season, oh. right? So. It's hard, man, because we we've now got to stage as Tottenham fans where we are we're a little bit spoiled, right? And we haven't even won anything, right? So it's a bit weird because we have gone from a place where we are scrapping away like mid table, tenth or whatever, on the cusp of doing things, and we've got to stage where we win more often than we lose. So sometimes we can just we turn up at the, at the stadium, we just expect it to happen. The plucky, consistent noise that was made at White Hart Lane. The old Waha Lane is no longer there. So we seem to reserve our best atmospheres for Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham. Like everything else, we're chilling. So we knew we couldn't do that this time around. We knew this was too big an occasion. And to be fair to everyone in that stadium, they turned up, man, right from the beginning. Because even when Arsenal seemed like they they were controlling the opening exchanges... It didn't deter the Spurs fans, and it sounded like we were still. It's the way people were shouting. It just sounded like we were winning from there. Yeah, and and that has to transfer. It was so loud. It wasn't loud like oh my god, I was scared loud. It was just joyous loud. It was a carnival loud atmosphere, and and we actually sang more songs. So we sang more louder than we have done. In unison, everyone singing, not just the South Stand, not just the, the South and North and part of the shelf. It was everyone singing. And we were singing at occasions where, like you say, when Arsenal had a bit of possession at the start of the game, come on you Spurs, rang around. But it wasn't just come on you Spurs, which is all, I always see that as almost a negative because we're singing to get the boys G'd up when we've had a little bit of a bad spell or conceded a goal. But we were singing more than that when the Spurs go marching in, all the anti-Arsenal songs. And the thing is, we didn't even sing Stand Up If You Hate Arsenal until like the 75th minute or something, which is always a cheap one to get under your belt. But we didn't even have to do that. And everybody wanted to will the team on. But you're 100% right, Kwabna. We are spot. We're almost prawn sandwich eating brigade. We're not quite there yet. But I get how that easily happens, especially when ticket prices are so expensive. So it means only a certain um, certain members of society, like yourself in the corporate boxes, can afford to buy tickets. And then everyone's dispersed and around the stadium. And like you say, some games, like you just expect to roll up and win, like a Brighton at home. You just expect to win that game, right? And the Premier League doesn't work like that. At all, at all. There are no... There are no like easy games. Like anyone can get turned over at any one time, and it's like you know sports. The more sports, the more the more sports you watch, the more you realize that 
there's almost no such thing as like a, a given result, right? Because anyone can just decide to do bits at any one time. And when you are fighting for something, you need to be wary of that. And it's just so frustrating because Tottenham are always put in a situation where we're ruining past opportunities. Like, you end the season, you start looking back at all the times in which you let certain opportunities go or you fail to beat a Brighton, you fail to beat a Brentford, you you drop points against Burnley, like stuff like that, and you just constantly start thinking to yourself, well, if we haven't done this, we haven't done that, blah, blah, where would we be now, where would we be now? I think now, we have the opportunity to get a good run, like season next season, in that, in that stadium, right? Really make it a fortress, make it a place where Champions League Champions League nights are unforgettable. Make it a place where derbies are unforgettable. Make it a place where everyone comes and no matter how long you've been supporting Tottenham, how much money you, you spent on your season ticket, whether you got it on a ticket exchange or whether you got it through some other means, when you're in there, everyone is equal and they all want one thing, right? They all want one thing and that's and that's 100%. for Tottenham to, to succeed. I think there's something beautiful and poetic about that stadium when we're all on the same page. It's it's really hard to describe because I've been, I've watched games in the stands. I've also watched games from like you know, corporate positions, and it's like even wherever you are in that stadium, when everyone is singing, and it's a big occasion, it's chills, man. And I think we the problem with us is that in the beginning of this of this stadium, there's been like it's been bitty. It's been interrupted by manager changes and COVID and all that kind of stuff. Next season, regardless of whether we get Champions League or not, is an opportunity to really like feel like there's a level of like stability. I think ideally, next season, if we can get Conte to extend, regardless of what happens um, with Champions League, but if we can get him to extend and we say we're going to back him, we have the opportunities at least for a year or two to build something that that stadium will know. People will know to make noise when they come in. It will become a fortress. And that's that, to me, is a really, really big, big thing. And it's funny because you touched on the stadium becoming a fortress, the noise, and Antonio and previous manager changes. And Antonio, Antonio is one of the loudest songs that reverberates around that. Stadium. Yeah, what what are they saying with that song? I actually don't know what it's, I just hear Antonio, like, Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. That's it. Antonio, Antonio. Antonio. Okay, that's that's it's kind of dead, but whatever, man. Very very, very basic song, club. No, you should have learned the lyrics by now. I mean, because I think it's all like Antonio. And so when it gets to like the third, like Antonio, I'm like, what are they saying now? They actually just say the same thing over and again. That's 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 horrific. All right, cool. <laughs> Basic football yeah, charts. Yeah, yeah. God, no, some of the some of the basic ones are the best ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what we didn't sing too much today is he's. We sang he's one of our own, but not nice one, Sonny. Nice one, son. Nice one, Sonny. Let's give us another one. Um, which is disappointing because he's given us another one. He's up to twenty-one Premier League goals. He's one behind Mohamed Salah. And listen, what I would love, not quite as much as Champions League, but almost as much as Champions League, is Son being top goal scorer in the league. Especially if half of those goals are scored with his left foot, which they currently are. Um, 12 out of 21. Um, we touched on it last week. 
we touched on him the week before, I'm sure. And we're touching on him again this week. And I know Kane got the two goals, but there was that period where Son, where Spurs weren't doing so great in that game. And the only outlet we seemed to have was Son, right? He was buzzing around. He was still trying to turn, trying to drive us forward. He went on a run where he just ran out of space and support. Um, and he weirdly was in a back stick ready to head one in when he got a nudge from Soares and then pummeled over by Holding and then um, got body checked by Holding to get um, him sent off which was not play acting at all and was a body check and then obviously his corner is headed in by um, Kane via Bentacor and he also scores a goal himself so very instrumental in this game, very very important for us today and there was always said when he plays well, we play well. Yeah, and do you know what? It's it's funny because I think his greatest value this season has been in showing that even when he hasn't been playing well, he's put up numbers, right? And that is they say that sign of a great team is that when you're not winning, you know, you can still you can still get results. I think for a player to not be playing well and to still be able to deliver goals and assists is stupendous, and we're so lucky. We're so lucky to have had him in a season where Kane has not been his best for, you know, <clears throat> two-thirds of the season. Given, like, the whole fiasco with Man City, him coming back later training, then he had to deal with the whole, you know, Nuno thing. Like, there was a whole phase where Kane wasn't his best. And the person who repeatedly turned up was Son. And when he was subbed off today, he was clearly not happy. He was very, very pissed. Uh, I was unhappy. But no, do you know what? I was I was initially I was pissed, but then I was like, no, 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 get him off, get him off. Because this is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff we're talking about. Like whilst Kane is important this season, Son has been our most important player, like undoubtedly so. He's been our most important player. So when we have these games where we have tied it up, he needs to come off. I think Kane's got some kind of deal with the devil, bro. Because if that was me. <laughs> We have five subs. I'm taking off Kulisevsky. I'm taking off Son. I'm taking off Kane. I'm taking off Ben Davis, and I'm taking off Bentacor. Easy, straight. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Those those five men are all coming off. They're all coming Why off. Why Ben Davies? Because we don't have we don't, we don't have a specialist. Um, we don't have a specialist yes, left side centre back, and we know that the other two we can seem to get by without. But if we if he gets removed, that I think there's a big issue, and Bentacor. I take him off because there's no one else in the side who can do what he does. Quite frankly. I hate quite frankly. You, I hate so yeah, I, I think those changes needed to be made, but it was just it was so beautiful to have the luxury to make changes on the seventieth minute. Like do you know how good that felt? To know you could make that decision and not feel like your whole world's gonna fall apart. Oh my gosh. It was beautiful. Bruv. My daughter was saying, um, she was like, Someone's coming on, Dad. He's pretty tall. And I'm like, it's Rodon, I'm sure. She's like, yeah, he's got like light hair and he's really, he was really tall. I said, yeah, it's Rodon. I said, we're actually making a change. Like, it is precautionary to take off Davies, but it would have been any other score, 2-1, 2-0, that doesn't happen, right? You're at that position, a level of comfort, 10 men, 3-0, last 15 minutes, that you feel like you can make a centre-back change that you don't actually have to make. 
and to bring on somebody you've never played in a Premier League game. I, I don't think he's played many Premier League minutes under Conte. No. I'm also going to say he's never played under Conte, but that's probably being a bit No, boastful. I think he played once. I think he played once under Conte. Once? Yeah. I mean, once is like yeah. really, no, really ridiculous. You're right, it is ridiculous. Considering. And to say, it's almost like, go on, son, get yourself a game. That's what it felt like. And... To be fair, he came on, he looked all right. He looks like, well, I know it was a very, very small sample size, but I would like to see more Rodon. But you can't argue with the fact that the side picks itself right now. Even in the losses, we haven't been terrible. We have just been a bit stagnant and should have changed shape, probably, or tried something different. Yeah. But we can't say all the players have been terrible or we got absolutely battered like Brighton beating Man United or anything like that. So pretty much, obviously, with the the lack of squad depth and the injuries, the squad picks itself. And we've touched on, Davies is actually up there in a lot of people's top three for the season this year, right? And he got consideration from us as well. For sure. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? For sure. the same. Who would have thought that? There was a level of, there was a level of comfort and robustness with which Dyer played today, which was just like mad. Even when he there was, there was that chance, chance a cross came through, and uh, he headed it away for a corner, and it kind of came off his shoulder. It wasn't clean, but because of the way he's playing, it looked so assured and confident at the time. Do you see what I mean? It was mad. I was like, yeah. anyone thinking, like, oh, it's a comfort shoulder, where's it going next? But the way he's been playing recently and the way he started off that game, it just felt like, oh, yeah, he's, he's got this. Which is just, it's such, such a relief to be there. Man, yeah. Bro, bro if we get top four with Darren Davies, like, Conte deserves ratings. And, yeah, and your boy Royale. And your boy Royale. Who? Who? Humble pie, not quite coming out, but against Liverpool. They say he was very good. He was very good. Uh, he, yeah, no, he, he was good against Liverpool. He was good against Liverpool. Like, he gets a kind of hockey, hockey assist for that pass to Kane, which no, was that, one that, of the worst on. no, no, passes. No, that, that, pass was, that pass was horrific. He don't get nothing for that. <laughs> it was, like, I know, I know he's put it in, and obviously, like, he's going to He tried to it. pass it to Kane, though. I mean, I, it looked like he was just lumping it. My guy just looked like he lumped it forward, man. I can't even, like... I can't even remember. No, there are two players the there. He, he was trying to get the ball to them, but it was the worst technique to it was, make. It was, that. it was shocking. It was shocking. And, and you know what? Shout out to True Spurs. Shout out to True Spurs because every time a compilation drops, yeah, he's there. He's all over it. He's all over it. When second Real compilation drops, my guy is there. He's like, listen. He's editing yeah, them, he, I'm sure. I think it's him, you know. I think he's the ghost. I think he's the ghost editor. So True Spurs. You've been rumbled, man. But yeah, you guys, if uh, if, if you are on Twitter, follow follow True Spurs. It's a good follow. Um, true T R U E underscore Spurs, and um, yeah, he loves a Royale um, compilation. I think I think I think he loves uh, screaming above the pulpit and just being like, you know, everyone else hates him, but I love it. But it's uh, it's it's great to see. Um, I think he's. If people forget, right? He's a right back. Playing a right wing back role, yeah, 
and he's Very never important. and he was and he was barely an attacking right back. So like there's so many times where he does like he rolls the ball under his feet. Or he does like, a couple of nice touch like dribble touches. You know the kind of dribble touch people do on five side when there's no one around them to so just do a couple yeah. nice touches. Yeah, yeah. He'll do those, yeah. And then when it comes time to beat someone, yeah, or to put a crossing, dead, so dead. Going forward. Terrible, but or having a shot, oh. like across goal, like that, so. Th- this, but this very, very good. Sorry to yeah, cut you. It's a very, very good point, and we have to keep and reinforce this. He is playing as a wing back, and we did have touched on this. It was like when Doherty was playing right back, he struggled. They are two different positions, unless you are a Liverpool fullback who are not actually fullbacks; they are wing backs, and they actually play with two centre backs, right? Pretty much because. They're very good centre-backs and they are up for the challenge. So it is a difference to play right-back and to play right-wing-back because right-wing-back, you're expected to beat a man. Right-wing-back, you're expected to um, deliver or give some creativity, um, whether that be like a little jink inside or a little run, a little flick pass, crosses, ended up in strange positions, which Royale can do. I think people just like, oh, I'll leave him. It's Royale, isn't it? Just leave him. But then he pops up in the box and scored a goal and pops up in the box with a header today. So he can do that side of it, but it's that bit of culture that he lacks right now. And whether we persist with him in that role and whether he wants to work in the off-season and Conte has plans. But there are green shoots. I will say that because against Liverpool, he defended really well, which a right-back should do. Um, headed the ball out once or twice that was a bit like mm. but ultimately he didn't cost us the two points and helped us gain a point for sure yeah and I, I agree with that I agree with that and I think you need to allow I mean look we do mock the compilations I get that but <laughs> you have to remember no, you can't have a two and a half minute compilation on the, the, like, the thing is yeah first of all like shout out to his editing team because the fact that they managed to get that stuff out of the matches that he, he like it's mad but what I will say is that the, we have to remember that these these are young these are young men, and whilst when I was doing my job at twenty two or whatever, I wouldn't have anyone screaming my name telling me that I was amazing, like it's, to g me up. If that's what it takes to make you feel like you are worthy and that you are making a, a positive contribution to what we're trying to do at Tottenham, then cool, do all the compilations you need because I think. First and foremost, as a defender, his job is to stop people from scoring. He's done that, right? People, people don't target him like they used to. And I'm sure that there have been some tactical tweaks that that have been put in place by Conte. But ultimately, he's been he's been effective. Today, there are many opportunities where I thought to myself, a good right wing back scores that or creates a, a goal-scoring opportunity, right? So... Um, a couple of crosses died with him, which was like unacceptable. Uh, his header was like decent. Uh, I felt like he could have scored, but it was decent. Should have. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm 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 happy that I've got more positive things to say than negative. That's a, that's a big that's a big win for me. Yeah. Speaking of highlight reels, um, someone who's got some good highlights in the highlight reels. Some some techers going on is um, Decky. Klozeski, he had that swivel nutmeg turn today, couldn't get quite the other side of it. He had that scoop up dribble down the line against, what was it, Leicester the other week, was it? Yeah. That was pretty yeah, tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
even when he's not contributing goals, look at Decky's highlight reel for the 21-22 season. You'll see goals, you'll see assists, and you'll see some techers for sure in his highlight reel. Um, moving back to the Liverpool game very quickly because we touched on him again today. But Ben Davies was absolutely outstanding in that game. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, he had that block from Salah. Yes, he did get a silly think foul given against him. But overall, that is somebody who has just been so refreshing to see as that third left side, third defender left side. And as you said, take him off today because that is a specialist role in our team. Nobody else can do what he does in that role because no one has that balance on that left side. Virtue of his left-footed nature and virtue of his experience as well. Mm. So, shout out to Ben Davies. I, did, I, I think he, he also understood the occasion, which is great. Like, he, he was happy to put his body on the line. He was happy to, like, make tactical fouls. He was, like, that kind of, like, gamesmanship, grittiness, like, you just don't expect that from Ben Davis, but he was there doing it this time around, and that was great. It was great to see. Yeah, and speaking of tactical fouls, uh, Fabinho? Fabinho is a new Fernandinho. Like, I didn't realise he was that bad. No, 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 Fabinho, he, he's a master of the dark arts, man. And it's like, people, like, in centre midfield, like, you can't have a, you can't have a great centre midfield without someone in that team. Like, you can show me any... You can actually bring up any top side from the past 15 to 20 years, and I'll tell you exactly who played that role. Easy. Mm-hmm. You t- they all do it. You need that. You need that. You need that grit. You need, you need that, that grit. grit. It's like... That forearm smashing Son's yeah, head you need and someone who, body you, check you to Son's You need someone who's going to do that, man. You need someone who's going to do that. And and we currently don't really. Sometimes I think it's going to be Hobia, but he's not. He's not always. He's not. <laughs> no, it's not. He's he, like he's one of the. He, he, sometimes he just seems like the guy who like joins the scuff. Like the scuff breaks out outside. Like everyone's rushing. Everyone blah blah. And then there's your guy who runs over like last minute. He gets a couple of kicks in and then, then runs back like to the background somewhere. Like if you're going to be about it, be about it. Do you see what I mean? It's like sometimes if you feel like my guy's just putting the chump like shouting the whole time. Is he actually really up for the beef? I don't know. So, <laughs> he's not uh, that he's, enforcer. Yeah, guy, yeah, he's not yeah. that guy. He's not that guy. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, I, I think having the people who are willing to break up and just be a bit smart about things, I feel like that's, that's, that's creeping into Tottenham's side. So, it's good to see. Yeah, but the cheek of, the cheek of clock, then to comment on Spurs after like his boy should have been sent off. I know he wasn't talking about the ref, but he was talking about the way we played. Um no, well, Klopp, game, Klopp's, like, Klopp's, and, Klopp's got he's got no decorum because when things are going his way, he's happy to chat. He's happy to give he's happy to hand out plaudits and make it seem like he's got like great love and appreciation for what people yeah, are trying to yeah. do. All right? of that. Yeah, he's yeah. like, Oh yeah, you know, they turned up today, they played great football, blah blah Like he's the one who is the Like he's the authority. Like, exactly, like. exactly like, he's the authority on what on what good football is and, and who should be who should be congratulated and all that kind of stuff. He does that stuff, right? Don't even like I don't even give him any kind of like respect for that because it's easy to hand out the platitudes when you're winning right but for things to not go your way and it like i i think a lot of podcasts have spoken at length right about Klopp talking nonsense and why his his salty tears should be ignored um so i don't want to spend too much time but 
I, I do think it's important to acknowledge that despite us having greater XG and despite us like actually carving out opportunities and doing things differently to some of the teams that he's he's come across, and he still had the audacity to open his mouth. You know what I mean? He did this when we he did this when we uh, when we drew out at White Hallet talking about all we did was hit long when his team played more long balls. I, like, I've just got no time for it. Like if you're gonna lose, if you're gonna lose, cool, lose. Congratulate the rest of the team and move on. Like, today, we saw some more petulance from another manager in Arteta. Like, honestly, I understand. Like, for a lot of people, I understand how, in real time, they don't really understand why certain um, decisions are given. Because, you know, they're like, oh, well, that wasn't a penalty, or that wasn't this, or that wasn't that. Like, it's different because... Arteta has access to screens. Like the, we st- we saw in the Amazon documentary, like they have access to screens at halftime. It's not even like a thing. So he would have seen when you break, when you look at those when you look at the decisions, all of them were hundred percent legitimate. And I'm someone who I and look Andrew will know because he plays football with me. But like for me, if a, if if you get fouled, a foul is a foul. I don't even like. I don't. I don't mess around that stuff at all. Like I'll hold my hands up and be like, "Yeah, that was, that was a foul." I'll call True. it blah blah. I, I think you have to be able to look at these things, and no matter how emotional you get, like my guy put a forearm, uh, an elbow, sorry, to Son's head. Right? He's already scuffed with him once. He actually had two yellow offenses before that. Right? You got away with it. Instead of thanking your lucky stars, you're out here talking like you were criminally. Um, taken out by this. It's ridiculous. And then the, the penalty, look, the penalty was smart moving by Son and poor defending. If that was in the middle of the park, it would have been given as a foul. So this idea that that was also something that he needed to whine about, he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not I'm talking about anything where I'll get fined. I don't want to talk about this game. It's in the past. It's in the past. What do you mean? It's not in the past. It's, 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 this game, the discussion is very much in the present, mate. We're talking to you right now about how you, how the game went. And what your plan on moving forward? I'm not saying anything because I want to get fired. I don't want to talk about it. It's in the past. Now. It's in the past. It's in the past. All right, cool. But I really, it gave me, it gave me strong. It gave me like a whole new, uh, I guess, perception of Arteta because, yes, he's he's managing a scum, but he's a young manager. He's trying to get those guys to play football in an attractive way and to blood these youngsters. I've got nothing but respect for that. But the way he carried on today, that's not a leader. That's not a leader. To talk to the media like that and to make out like everyone was like, that the referees were against you. Like, he's going to have a look at that interview, hopefully, either this evening or in a couple of days' time. And he'll look at those decisions. And hopefully, he looks at it and he's like, I didn't handle that properly. And he comes better. If not, he's an idiot incapable of learning because that was just poorly handled. So I didn't see it. Obviously, you told me about it. Um, I've seen his petulance in his interviews before. And he's lucky his side's doing kind of okay because I actually felt he was way too big for his boots when he was doing them Pep and Jose movements as a manager Mm. early doors at Arsenal. Um, Really, really arrogant but not in-your-face arrogant. He's got that subtle arrogance. And I guess you need that. But I didn't like it with him because um, he hadn't achieved anything. Yeah, great mind at City, but great minds don't always make great managers. Um, going back to the actual incidents themselves, like 
when I saw everything in real time in the stadium, the penalty was a hundred percent penalty. It looks slightly different now that I've seen it again, but it looked like Son was at the back post, ready to pounce, and was bundled over. That's what it looked like. Um, but I saw it from the other side, so I didn't see the two, the nudge and then the bundle over. But it's a penalty. He's there, ready to head it, and you take him out. It's not WWE holding. The, the, the body check, the body check, I think you make a good point, Kwabna, because that is a yellow card. The body check in itself is a yellow card. Does every referee give it as a yellow card is a question that's open to interpretation, whether they give a yellow at that moment in time, knowing that it's going to lead to a red. However, the first yellow was 100% yellow. I believe this was 100% yellow. But I think your point about the second yellow card offence he did make prior to that one led the referee to have no chance to change his mind or to do anything other than give him a second yellow card, which meant a sending off early in the North London derby. But I think it was 100% the right decision. I don't, and, and I think whilst those decisions were big, there was a lot of street smarts and and tactical intelligence that went into putting the referee in a position to do that, right? So, so Holden made the decision that he was going to make it tough for Son all night because he's like, wasn't going to let him run him behind. Son knows that he's going to mm-hmm. be in of him, both technically and with his speed. So he was going to stop and he carried on going and that was a game of chess. And it's saying, at the end of the day, Holden was trying to play um, checkers and... Son was playing chess. He knew what to do. And even when he kind of like, they went down in the, in the heat and it looked like Son even had to kind of led in with his elbow when he trying to get up a little bit after Holden was clearly trying to oh, antagonise yeah. him. Like you could see Son reined it back in and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, let me stay focused. He did that and he came out on top. That's why people, the, the mental side of these games are so big. They're so huge. We've seen so many times when people lose, when, when players lose their way. Right, they fail to understand the opportunity and they they lose their heads and things become really really messy for them. This didn't happen because Son knew exactly what to do and he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely does. And I'm I'm happy that some of the dark arts or not even necessarily dark arts, but I saw a bit of gamesmanship understanding and mentality today as well, because when Kane stepped up for his penalty, I said to everybody around me. Kane under pressure has reverted to his rip round or whip round penalty where he comes across his body and shoots to his left, which is to the goalkeeper's right. And most goalkeepers are right-handed, but it doesn't matter because he usually finds a side netting with power at a decent height and most goalkeepers can't stop it. But when you've got somebody who's a shot stopper in Ramsdale who also knows Kane from the England camp and also can probably look at Kane's last five penalties and realise, or more, that they've all gone that side. Kane to shape up, he always shapes the same way, but Kane to acknowledge the fact that Ramsdale's more than likely going to go that way and decide to change it and side foot into the bottom corner the opposite way. And he doesn't often change it. It could be like once in every six, but to change at that moment, because Ramsdale did dive the right way and he was a good way over in the end um, to tuck it away with such nonchalance, I thought that was very clever and subtle play from Kane there. Because um, that was important. That was 1-0. 
and that set the tone and set us up for victory. So, well done for the mental side of it, Mr. Harry Kane. Um, and two more goals to get you closer to the record. And I think you've become the... Yeah, he's the highest, highest scoring uh, player in this fixture. Premier League, Premier League era, so uh, yeah. For a club who could have had him at one point in time, but we won't dwell on that because he's one of our own. <laughs> so it's lined up, right? One point off of them. We've discussed this, but we play Burnley Sunday afternoon at home. Burnley need the points. Let's put that out there. They do need the points. They, do need they the have points. beaten us as well. And they're semi-revitalised, although they did lose at the weekend, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. yeah, they scored the goal, but they did lose. Yeah, I think it was 2-1. Yeah, I think it was 2-1. Um, and them not down the road, go to Newcastle, who are safe, can't really do much. Maybe they can scrape into top 10. But, Obviously, Holden suspended for that game. Ben White, as you said, was half is half fit. Um, must have failed a late fitness test today. Was he on the bench? Why he, he couldn't have been? I don't think he was. At a point no, he change. was. He was. He was on the bench. He was on the bench. Was he? Yeah. Well, he wasn't that fit. But, yeah. They didn't injure. Him. Yeah. But like to me, like if you're, I guess he. Arteta made the decision that the game was gone. Because otherwise, he would have brought him on to try and shore things up, but he didn't. He must have accepted that it was just not going to happen. Yeah, possibly, possibly. And then Gabriel came off. Yeah. Um, and he went straight down the tunnel. So I don't know if that is him just copping out or tapping out, saying I've had enough, or is there something serious there? But either way, it's a quick turnaround. They play, well, quickish, they play Monday night, we play Sunday. Um, so maybe the extra day rest may help. But they could be going up there. Which is their Newcastle's last home game of the season. We know what it's like. They to, need, we know what it's like to go to, to to go there when you need a result on last of the season. So boy, yeah, and hopefully we could be putting them in a position where they've seen our result and they're two points behind us, um, and the goal difference would always be better without centre backs. Is this the place where they potentially drop points? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I don't see any reason why not. Like, they are now in a situation where, yes, they need a result. Um, they need a result. And I guess Newcastle, whilst they haven't had the best, like, Premier League uh, history, they're very proud. They're a very, very proud club. Right, and they're gonna want to. They're gonna want to go out and sign off on a high in front of their fans, and they they want people to be excited about what the prospect is of next season. They'll have more money, like to to splash around and go again. Like they they're probably gonna be excited about what the what the prospects are, right? And so and as well they should be, and that kind of starts with how they deal with this, um, with the ending of this season. How they how they build a night, how they lay a foundation, how they put a marker down, and you know it's very easy. It would be very easy for Arsenal's not getting a result to be part of that story, and that's obviously what we're looking for. I I don't think it's an easy place to go. Um, there's always clubs who are who are being, who are resurgent 
are always very difficult to to kind of gauge, right? You're like, mm, are they really about it? Are they on it? We don't know for sure, right? There's no way to know. But I think it's really important that the questions are asked and that we put, they put Arsenal in a position where they have to like come out and they have to do something. Their squad is depleted. Um, their confidence will be low. And it'll be one of the things, right? You either come out and you really push for a for a reaction, right? You really you really go out there and you, you try and maximize it. Or you kind of revert to type. And um the nervousness of wanting a result might mean that you, you come out the other side flopping. Or it might be the thing that proposes you victory. Either way, having them question themselves and to decide which arse is gonna turn up is enough of a concern. For the mind, the games to take hold. So I'm all about it, man. I'm happy to see it. Happy to see it. But before that, we have to, have to, have to do our job on Sunday afternoon, and one nil will do. One nil will do indeed, mate. One nil will do indeed. <sighs> Let's see what we can do, boys. You've got close. But we're still not ahead. Not yet. Not yet. It's a little bit sticky, man. It's a little bit sticky. It's a little <laughs> bit sticky. But, like I said, man, I think we are in the best possible... Given what we, what we were looking at coming into this game, we are currently in the best possible situation. You've got to take that. You've got to take that. So here we I are. I would have taken a Hoybier winner against Liverpool as well, but I guess. It's always, we didn't always get being that. greedy, bruv. Always. I just want to win at Anfield. Just would like to win at Anfield oh, once, uh, once more in my lifetime. At least just one more. It's just too one much, more. too much, too much. But yeah, I mean, look, uh, this game was a game that needed to be won. We won it on so many levels, psychologically. Technically, there are so many things that we did right and we should be proud of. And whatever happens now, we look forward to the next challenge and see, see where we can come out on, on top and see you know, how we impact the decisions we make. Okay, okay, I agree. I'm just going to shout the new cities while I can because there's been a few cool. that we've neglected them. All right, I'm just going to play our old game and hopefully I can pronounce this right and not butcher it. But you've got to tell me where this city is. It's called, you've probably been here to be fair. But yeah, I bet you called, ain't money I haven't. Let's see. It's It's Tapalapa. Sorry? It's Tapalapa. It's Tapalapa. I kid you not, I actually went on. And YouTube to hear the pronunciation of it. It's Tapalapa. Is that I S or I? What is that I? That might give away. I Z T A P A L A P A. Definitely, that's definitely Mexico because of the spelling. But I don't actually know where that is. Is it Mexico? It's in Mexico. Yeah, yeah n- never heard of correct. it. But there's a there's somewhere else in in or a football player something with I I Z or I T Z that makes me think of Mexico. But yeah, okay. Well, listen, hola, hola, Mexico, bro. <laughs> Nikes, thanks for listening, man. That's really great. It's really great for you guys to be tuning in. So thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. indeed. Um, Jupiter. And I don't mean I don't mean in the solar system. Isn't there, Spa- I mean, right isn't there a Spanish team or like a Argentinian team? By that name. Is there? I don't know. I think so. And where, where's that? It's in Florida. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Mental. I mean, it, this it's so big. There's so many names. I yeah. just think really. 
it's just like, oh yeah, it's in Florida, it's in Michigan, yeah, um, what else we got, this is an interesting one, I guess it's pronounced Harlem, Harlem, yeah. why not just Harlem, because it's two A's, oh, right, oh, yeah, I don't know what that is, gosh, where are these many people coming from, <laughs> bad, okay, where, where's that? It's not Spanish Harlem, it's Dutch Harlem. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And, again, um, a mad one, uh, City of Katy. Eh? Eh? Katy. K-A-T-Y. Nah, you're, you're actually making these up now. <laughs> no, you are. I'm not. You are, you're making these up. Of course you are. I Just saying what you see. You see, heard catchphrase, just saying what you see. Oh, man, great show, by the way. Um, okay, cool, man. Never, never heard that ever. Well, shout out to you guys in Katie, shout out to you guys in Harlem, and it's Tapalapa. Thank you, welcome, welcome, enjoy, spread the word, and help us spread the reach of the Shelfside podcast and Quabner's dulcet tones. <laughs> guys, we uh, we appreciate you, thank you very much for listening. Um, as per usual, give the gifts to the pod, tell a friend, tell a friend. You can follow us on Shelfpod on Twitter. Um, we love the interaction. Um, so many of you guys reach out and show us love, and we we appreciate every single one of you guys. It's nice to know that we're we're having a conversation with the community. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please give us a five star review because only gives we only give five star content, so you know it makes a sense. Um, yeah, I guess until next time, that's it from me. Stand up if you ain't. And it's good night from me. We have just beaten the scum 3-0. We have taken the race of fourth to within a point. Conte was smiling, so you should too. Because the sun always shines on the shelf side. Lero. Run outro. <laughs> Where the shells side, 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 where the sh